done and dusted for another year and for the first time since 2009 the Hawks welcomed five new players into the fold. Today on the show we're taking a look at our new recruits and how things are shaping ahead of an exciting 2023. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast my name is Nick Mason and welcome as always to my co-host who had a blast broadcasting live over draft nights one and two. G'day Tiz. G'day mate did you enjoy that the live broadcasting? <laughs> I was a bit ramshackle, it was a bit thrown together, wasn't it? But I think listeners knew that, we, we gave them fair warning that there it was were going to be a little of, loose. There were moments of disappointment, there were moments of angst, but there were also moments of ecstasy. Absolutely. The drama tis, the drama. Oh, it's all about the drama. I dare say that um, if you're up for it, we come back and do that next draft. I thought that was enormous fun. I mean, we could, it could be good. And thank you to AJ for... Yes, AJ with, uh, well, I was going to say his cameo. That might be understating it a little bit. He joined us practically the entire time over nights one and two. He was sensational. Yeah, it's nice to know where we're going with this. But on the night, we were mm-hmm. both pretty pretty confident Cameron McKenzie was coming to Hawthorne. Yeah, well, that, that was the word that was going around. And, you know, we kind of latched onto that as well. It started becoming pretty obvious. And I would say overall in draft night one, there were... Very few surprises until you got to the end of that first round. But as you say... And Ken- Sydney started chucking bombs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and we were involved in that too. But as you say, first round, uh, our pick number seven, Cam McKenzie. Yes, well, I mean, this is what exactly what Hawthorne were after. They were looking for a midfielder, an out-and-out midfielder and leader. Very, very high floor, very consistent and terrific at passing uh, into the forward 50 decision-making's ideal, exactly what Sammy Mitchell wants in his midfield. Well, it's become clear since that the Hawks hold him in such high regard for his elite disposal. Sam Mitchell himself has praised McKenzie for having the best kick of the entire draft crop. So pretty high praise there. Very high praise. It was interesting, the little uh, members-only Zoom hosted Mm. by Campbell Brown and with McKenzie and a couple of the boys and Mm -hmm. at the end Sammy Mitchell. There's some real hyperbole. He's really excited about these young kids coming to the club, Sammy. Yeah, you can see that he's awash with enthusiasm, and that's exactly what the members need right now. The members need to be sold on that hope. And, you know, Rob McCartney jumped on the call as well. He he was the first speaker, and, you know, he he was a little uh, reserved in his estimation of how Hawthorne are tracking and their trajectory. He thought maybe 2024 would be when we'd start to see Hawthorne uh, make a move for finals. And, and then Sammy slapped him down like a dunny seat. <laughs> Sam came on later and he said, no, that's well, I'm not thinking that. I reckon sooner. Why not sooner? So I'm not telling the boys that. Oh, exactly, yeah. Why I would you that have that? I think that was his phrase. Yeah, no. That you the think- other thing that caught my eye, well, caught my ear, the phrase was uh, Bailey McDonald, the fastest teenager on earth. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> fastest kid alive, I think oh, it was. Something like that, yeah. Well, we'll get to Bailey soon. But yeah, back to Cam McKenzie. Uh, as we mentioned in our preview podcast, he ticks all the right attributes that you want with a potential draft day. Strength, speed, agility, and endurance. And he brings out, as a bonus, that scoreboard impact as well, which we could really use for a midfielder in, in that mix there. He's not 
the most super exciting, flashy talent that we could have taken. He was in a mix of about five that that the club had their eye on for that first pick. But he is terrific, no doubt about it. He shapes as a very dependable midfielder, a very reliable ball winner, and uh, it's kind of what we need. Yeah, he's also a big body too. He's uh, he's certainly well built. He's 83 kilos, 188 centimetres. And what you're looking at, and Sammy described this, on the inside he wants footy IQ and on the outside he wants athleticism yep. and ability to move the ball. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, as a philosophy, there's nothing too complicated or cerebral about that. It just makes sense. And for a big body, I think McKenzie still boasts that class. And as you say, he's got a great balance between his inside and outside game. So you've got the best of both worlds there. And look, like I said, he's not the most you know sexy draft pick, but it makes sense. I'm sorry? His nickname is Frenchy. He must have a bit of essay. <laughs> because of his stay in France, yeah. The, the boys have already cottoned onto that very quickly. So that's his nickname from here on in. Is it? It's kind of a boring nickname. Well, it, makes, it makes me think of Greece, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> so it couldn't be more further <laughs> oh, from, a, from an able footballer. Amazing. So you're happy, you're happy with that use of the pick seven? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am happy. And the more I've seen of him in terms of highlights, the more I've heard him speak and the raps on him, I'm very content with that pick. It just... I think the only way I might have been disappointed is if it hadn't have been a midfielder. It had to be a midfielder, it was a midfielder, and Cam McKenzie is a very good player. Mate, you must be rapped. They're all midfielders. I know. I didn't think we were going to lean into it that hard. <laughs> I will admit that. I thought we might change it up at some point, but, uh, gee, we've... Even our hybrid player, the next guy we're going to get to, the utility, uh, Josh Weddle, tall defender, that's what he was billed as. As soon as he was drafted, we had talk of, well, Hawthorne are going to run him through the midfield. Yeah, I think that that came to me fairly quickly looking at his stats. Yeah. Like the athleticism, uh, his composure, the rebounding, he's got good acceleration, uh, and the fact that they put versatility in the profile. Mm. Because I think they threw him back. He, what did he grow, like a foot in the last 18 months? And they threw him into defence Yeah, while, and, he, and, while he sort of figured out exactly how tall he was. Well, that's where Weddle himself has mentioned feeling most at home is as a defender. That's where he's plied his trade lately. But he is one player, make no mistake, he could genuinely be anything. And that's all owed to this insane athletic profile and the versatility that, that he has. Hawthorne may yet have other plans for him. He might start as a halfback, that loaded halfback line. But uh, don't be surprised if he switches to a wing and then eventually graduates to the midfield. Yeah, at 192 centimetres and 91 kilos, mm. he's probably... You know, they could look to play him from round one. Yep, he's he's a big boy, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why I I kind of had him touted initially in our preview podcast as an heir to Sam Frost's role. Uh, That's due to the fact that talent scouts made so much of that aerial prowess and that rebound running. But he he could play a different role for sure. I think it's really going to take shape over the preseason just where we could expect to see Weddle. This is an athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. His footy IQ... Secondary to the athleticism. Is that what we're looking at? Is oh. our first pick, the footy IQ, is primary. Is That's the... true, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- they were so wrapped to get this guy at pick 18 too. Well, I think it was mission accomplished as far as Hawthorne was concerned. They had uh, a couple of goals, really. One of them was to trade back into the first round. They ticked that off and they knew exactly who they wanted and that was Josh Weddle. They, yep. they must have... 
been wrapped. He was the target and they got him. Did they overpay? It certainly seemed like that on the night. Did we have confirmation finally that was our pick? No, the second round pick is not our pick. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay, well, that's some slight uh, silver lining to all this. So but it's not, not tied to Hawthorne. That second round pick that we traded, that's tied to the dogs. Well, that's good news. And they, they certainly it's must relief, have relief, isn't it? It is absolutely I can see relief. the relief in your face. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they, they must have felt that Weddle would not have lasted. No. And I think they're pretty much on the money with that, with everything we've heard and read after the fact. Uh, I think they made a good call. Look, they, they really wanted him... All the talk from the club around Weddle has been, uh, well, extreme praise, really. There's something about Weddle in his character mm. that very much, uh, I don't know, it's a bouncy feeling. Yeah, he's an upbeat sort of a guy. And hearing him speak about the moment he was taken by Hawthorne and, and picked up in the draft, absolutely beaming. He, he loves it. Well, I mean, they all do that. <laughs> Nick. Well, but I don't, some I don't of them know. don't communicate it to you. You actually feel the emotion in. That's that's the point. I got an expressiveness from Weddle that isn't always there in, in drafting because yeah, they're nervous or maybe they've got you know. You know how people have that ability to project energy into the conversation, yes. yeah. like me. Yeah, like you. That's <laughs> why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> Patreon.com. <laughs> oh wow! No, but Josh Weddle has that ability. He can he can inject enthusiasm and, and energy, and I really like that in a very young man, of course, because you'd think he'd be nervous yeah. talking to the Zoom. I thought very very charismatic. Yeah, and Cam McKenzie, I thought, did well on the Zoom as well. I, I've got to say, I'm slightly blindsided by the fact that I'm almost as excited by Josh Weddle as I am Cam McKenzie. I didn't really expect that, even when Weddle's name was read out, and I was quite chuffed because he was a guy that I brought to the table in our preview podcast. But even when it was read out, it didn't quite hit me for a little bit that this guy could be really quite something special. Now we get to... Now, are you, you, you love his name. Yes, I do love his name, the next draft pick. Do you want to? Do you want to give it your best? Oh, my best? Yeah. I don't know if that's possible, yeah, mate. It would be my absolute worst. No, no, come on. Uh, well, what what do you want? What part of the world? Where are we travelling to? <laughs> well, I know you don't have an Indian accent, so I'm going to ask for that one. I, I don't have an Indian accent. <laughs> that's the only accent I end up having. Whatever accent I try, it degenerates towards Indian. Well, actually, I thought when you tried the German, you sounded quite Scottish. <laughs> Okay, well, let's give that a go. Yeah, I think. Hello, my name is Henry Hustvedt. It's just so hello, hello. It really is. <laughs> it is it a just... real caricature of a flamboyant German it's, man, isn't it's it? It's weird. Yeah. What but... about French? Yeah. Okay, off you go. Bonjour, je m'appelle Henri Hustvedt. Okay, yeah, we'll just leave that there, shall we? It's one for the language learning tapes. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I need to, need to really work on that. The double H that you see on those jackets are those people who look like they have a yacht. <laughs> That's actually Henry Hustwaite Midfielder, defender from Danny Nong Stingray's 195 centimetres Now, there was a lot of talk on the night about missing out on Ed Allen I know you were dead keen on Son of Ben and uh, his athletic profile and how tall he was well, Not even on the rundown, Chief We never needed to meander over towards Ed <laughs> I'm sorry, I've dragged you through it again Trauma is what it is uh, 195 centimetres though is Henry Hustwaite He's huge Yep, so similar. And he doesn't look huge in the highlight reels. You don't think? I thought he was noticeably big. No, I, I'm but sorry. But he moves like right. he isn't. Sorry, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. He's noticeably big, but he doesn't move like he's yes. that tall. It's not ungainly. He looks 
very, very quick of thought, hands. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this fellow almost as much as the others. Pick 37. He's a guy that's drawn comparisons with Scott Pendlebury and how he goes about things. Uh, scouts have highlighted his superb execution by foot and his composure whenever things get hectic. Now, when talking up Hustweight, uh, Mark McKenzie concentrated specifically on how well and how cleanly he uses the footy, his footy smarts and his power. Sam Mitchell, later in the Zoom call that we uh, attended last night, described Hustweight as having the best hands of this year's crop. So, what that means is, between Cam McKenzie and Henry Hustweight, we've got the best kick and the best handball in, in the draft. It, it's pretty incredible, actually. When you... When you watch him, he has a bit of the time and space stuff going on. He does, yeah. And we said that on the night when they threw up the highlight yep. in the coverage. Yeah, he's got a bit of the old, look at me, but don't come near me. That's right, yeah. It, it defies his size and his build, doesn't it? it? How he manages to do it, I'm not sure. If but... he puts on a bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what you get excited about because these are these are blank canvases. And yeah, for sure. These are blank canvases with... With high quality um, and di- differentials, like one's got top hands, one's got a great kick, one bloke's really really quick. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just ticking off. They don't want them to be good all rounders. They want them to have a, a specific spike in the profile where they are elite. And that's consistent with what we've said about Sam Mitchell um, for a long time now. Is that his recruiting philosophy appears to be? that he is highlighting the thing. But what is the thing that this player does really well? I don't want a jack-of-all-trades. Because that is that is difficult, and that's what a lot of... When a, a manager or a coach or even a line coach comes to a club, they look at the list and they go, what does this player do better than all the other players on the list? Mm-hmm. What can he do better than anyone else in the AFL? And how can I weaponize that against other clubs? And he's using that to recruit. And with Hustweight, I mean, a big boy with that kind of decision-making, disposal efficiency and agility, those attributes for a big body, uh, that's certainly something you want. That sets him apart from, well, a lot of players, frankly, but even in this draft crop of ours uh, and our pickups, he is certainly a unique talent. Now, Jack O'Lantern. <laughs> Jack O'Sullivan. I'm not doing an Irish accent. It's not happening. <laughs> Midfield forward from Vic Country, played with the Oakley Chargers. I think we took a few Oakley Chargers boys this draft, didn't we? Yeah, Weddle and O'Sullivan. Anyways, a bit of a pocket rocket is Jack O'Sullivan, 177 centimetres and 71 kilos. A bit light on. Uh, he's actually broken his collarbone twice over 2022, which is not ideal. But On the uh, footy field? I'm not actually sure how he sustained the injuries. Maybe it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Looking at what he brings to the table, might be a skateboarder. He might be, but looking at what he brings to to the game, tackling and toughness. You can just picture him, you know, with his stoppage craft as well, getting really stuck into a pack. Maybe at his own peril at times. Maybe he went too hard. Uh, he's got the tackling prowess and the toughness that sort of defies his size. Which again, that's a that's a theme that we're running into here in this draft. There's a lot of upside. He just needs continuity. Manic small forward. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the night, I had a couple of other players attached to that Puopolo-like profile, and Jack O'Sullivan is another guy that could fit that bill. Um, clean hands and evasiveness, and as I said, that combination of the tackling and toughness is, well, it's promising. What's interesting is he feels most at home as a midfielder, but you can see him terrorizing defenders in the forward 50. That's good because he's got a tank. He see, does. If he's playing midfield. The, the the thing is, you just can't bottle that competitiveness, that willingness yeah. to tackle. 
you can, you can try to train it, you can try to demand it, but if you arrive at the club like that already, that's a massive bonus. Yeah. Now this bloke was we were sitting there for a little while. There was some time between picks, mm-hmm. and we're going through who's left. <laughs> All of and our I names read out been... Bailey McDonald. Well, it might and have I been. I really a... thought, oh, another Mac. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a play out of desperation because a lot of the names on our list have been struck off. We've already already picked by other clubs. Yep. And we thought, well, running out of options here. We we done pretty well to predict the first couple in Mackenzie and Weddle, and then yeah, it gets harder as you go on, of course. But uh, we ended up with Bailey McDonald, and he is lightning fast. Mm-hmm. So, what I want you to think about is. GF on one side of the MCG. Yeah. Coming out the halfback flank. And then McDonald on the other, passing to McDonald in the forward line. <laughs> Mac to Mac. <laughs> uh, the third Mac. Oh, yes. But uh, we want to be more direct than that, Sammy. He doesn't want to go through the midfield. He wants to skip the midfield straight to the forward line. <laughs> so, yeah, from from Wesley, he just had such good form that he, that he got invited to play for Sandy. He is considered a bolter and is a bolter on field at pick 51. Yeah, that line-breaking speed and, and the disposal efficiency to match was a, it's such a bonus. I mean, you can zip along and still use the footy that well. My goodness, that is that is a really good asset to have. And look, Hawthorne, we're only going to pick four players, but they arrived at, what was he, pick 51, and he was still on the table and reported to be one of Sam Mitchell's favourites. They were never going to turn him down. So, what you're looking at here is a match day plan based on speed, which will now have more than one or two fast players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when you think about it, I mean, suddenly Hawthorne has a list that I was kind of hoping for and have been for, for the past two or three years. As I told you, Tiz, every time I look at the, the draft profiles ahead of those two nights, I tend to control F and then type in speed and see what comes up. And now we have a list with, you know, Weddle for a big boy. He has some speed about him. Sullivan, or Sullivan is quite zippy, as we covered. Bailey McDonald. CJ, don't forget we got Amon as well. Seamus. Seamus Mitchell, yes, we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, Bramble has got some speed about him too. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, look, there probably is, but I think the point's been made. Not Connor. Connor, Connor McDonald can be quick. Connor Nash, perhaps. <laughs> Slap in the face there for you. Do you think he... Speaking of Connor Nash, do you think there's a there's a lot of competition for his role now? Yeah, there is. And Harry Morrison, actually. Yeah. So, and anyone who wants to play halfback really has to earn it. Well, look, let's just say this. The competition for spots is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably get to this next week. Because but... these kids, they're not only picked on... Their abilities and their eliteness and their toughness, which yeah. is common to all of them, mm. but also their competitive spirit mm-hmm. uh, that never say die. I think that might be number one on Sammy's list. Would not surprise me at all. We'll, we'll get to this next week, but the idea of picking a best 22 is slightly intimidating, that task. Is it 22 now or 24? Three. Oh, because the, there's a sub and everything. Oh, cool. We've got to change change all the nomenclature now. <laughs> we'll get to that next week. But yeah, it's formidable trying to work out just who makes this uh, starting lineup. Anyway, we better move on because we had a guy that we took in the rookie draft as well. Yeah, so given that uh, Josh Bennett's was not bid on by anyone else on the first two nights, mm-hmm. on the Wednesday, he was able to be just rookied. 
as an NGO prospect, just straight onto the list. Uh, he's the best and fairest for the Eastern Rangers. Uh, he has some interesting moves. Like, he has a couple of tricks. Yeah, he looks good in the highlights reel, doesn't he? And Hawthorne really rate him for that decision-making and the fact that he's super clean, classy, he's creative with the footy. As you say, he's got some tricks about him. And he adds to that this knack for scoreboard impact, which, again, I really like the look of. Loves a goal. Loves a goal. Speed and scoreboard impact are such a priority for me because... I don't know, I just love a good highlight reel. You've got a really exciting player in Josh Bennett. And we did mention in the preview podcast that this year he went goalless just three times across 13 games for the Eastern Rangers. So really tricky to nullify. And he was averaging 18 touches as well. Yeah, it's an impressive body of work and, and he looks like a really good rookie pick. He's another guy in this draft crop that, you know, McKenzie was talking about. He needs to build his size. That's a priority for him in the uh, in the in the, his first ever preseason. It's going to have to be the case for Josh Bennett's as well. Uh, one hundred and seventy eight centimeters and seventy five kilos. There's a couple of these guys that we won't see immediately, but geez, the ceiling is there. Yeah, how's uh, Box Hill looking? Not a yeah, <laughs> Box got Hill's a good looking. crop of young talent, I think. Yeah, well, we've got Callum Brown as well. Yeah, so he's been signed to Box Hill, and then we'll try to get a SS... SSP. Yeah, SSP Supplementary place. selection period, is That's that... That's it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and there's also someone else who's training uh, the Patrick house down Nash. for that as well. Are yes. you talking about Nash, who I came am. over from... Yep. So he's uh, Richmond, West Coast, mm-hmm. and now trying to beat everyone out to a list position in Hawthorne. Yeah, well, that's what the summer's for, basically. They've kept that list spot open, and... Look, they might keep it open all the way to the mid-season draft. It's Who knows? It's insurance well, for the time being. When the Brown boys were delisted, mm. I did think Hawthorne may look at them mm-hmm. because uh, they're an elite football family as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and they they did look good for Collingwood a few times, mm-hmm. but they've just they've just gone past them in their position. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm keen to see if they can have an influence. My boy Max Hall. Also signed on for Box Hill. He did he? Yep. So he's with him as well. Box Hill are going to be very exciting next year too. Hey, speaking of, well, D-listings we mentioned before and Box Hill, because I imagine that that's where this guy is going to be playing a fair chunk of his footy. His task will be to break in and to finally just, make his debut. Well, just play footy. Yeah, Seamus Mitchell. He's been brought back onto the list via the rookie draft. That was the commitment from the club. They've made good on that. And uh, look, it's, it's up to him now. He's... He's got to make the most of 2023. If what's the what's the bar? He's got to debut, surely. Tell you what, feels generous. But what it says to me is they rate him. Yeah, they yeah. really must rate him. Well, they they must because he's barely done anything for exactly. about two years. Yeah. So, and you think of the other talent that has fallen off the list. Well, yeah, especially under Clarko. I mean, some of them had blindingly hot games. Mm-hmm. And then fell off the list anyway. Yeah, some of the players that are no longer at Hawthorne showed a lot more in, well, maybe a lot less time than Seamus. But here we are, Seamus Mitchell. I'm excited to just see what he can bring. How are Northorn? speaking <laughs> of? Northorn. It does look like that. Alistair Clarkson with uh, all of his old tricks back M- again. Monkey and... and... Dan Howe and Liam Shields and Brett Ratton and... And also the guy that ran the... Ran the bench at Hawthorne. Oh, he's really? Gone there too. Okay. And yeah, no, he's getting the band back together. Interesting draft, though. Didn't rate it very much. You didn't rate North's draft? No, I thought they could have done better. 
Well, maybe. I, I liked the look of it. But more to the point, mate, what did you think of Hawthorne's draft? Well, I knew it would be conservative mm-hmm. uh, in, in that they wouldn't be going for any of the flashy players, mm-hmm. the guys that, you know, you salivate over. There were wing guards in that draft. Oh, for sure. And we didn't pick them up. Yep. But in terms of rebuilding and putting in a lovely base for the next premiership side, I think there's a couple in here. And really, you only need one or two. If you get three, you're wrapped. Mm-hmm. I think there's three with potential elite status. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree on that one. Uh, we're going to get to some questions now because I was going to ask you for your grade, but I realised that our first question here from Appleby uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, how did we get a D plus from Fox Footy for our draft? Was it done by the work experience kid? Do they actually go into any kind of blurb about why they didn't like it? Well, they did, but it didn't seem to line up with the grade. I thought, if anything, reading what Fox Footy had to say, their rationale implied that, I don't know, at least a C. Like, you know, it's not on the side of... That was the worst in the league, right? And Frio. We're equal with Frio. Right. And at that point, I'm looking at D+, and I'm like, well, why even add the plus then? (laughs) Like, thanks for that little bit of charity by adding the plus. But Look, I I don't care. Oh, no, neither do I. But like, what I'm if asking... they've given us an A, who who cares? You win. Who Essendon win trade period every second year, you know, <laughs> and, they're, right. and they're still awful. Well, the point the point is, I'm asking you what your grade would be. Oh, you don't know. It's it's too early. But in, given the information that they had, I think it's a solid B. Yeah, because I'd go B as well because they haven't. See, this is the problem. It is risky to select. Mm-hmm. You can't take the risk out of it. But they've gone for conservative selections mm-hmm. that probably won't bomb. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're risk averse. But with that, you may not get the most elite that was mm-hmm. hanging there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What I see is that there was a total dearth of midfielders and we've comprehensively addressed that need. Yeah. So... um Tick in that column, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what what else would you have Hawthorne do at this draft? You, we, we've been roundly criticised for right. Tom Mitchell and O'Meara being no longer in the fold. You can't do nothing about that. What's something else that you notice about these players is that they, many of them, scoreboard impact is yeah. is part of their is part of their game, mm-hmm. and that was a big big question mark over Tom Mitchell, even when he won the Brownlow, mm-hmm. and and Jager himself. Only in the last year did he really start. Yeah. I was going to say to a lesser extent Jager, but it was still a thing. Our midfield just wasn't... Well, I was going to say it wasn't potent in that way. It wasn't really potent in any way. Well, 18 and in, 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 the years, in the years when we were winning premierships, we didn't need midfielders to get goals. Right. Yeah, well, we had elite talent. You know, it was great when they did yeah. because it made it so much less predictable. Yeah, exactly. But we had yeah. such talent for... I mean, even you look back to the 2008 premiership and you think of the talent that we had on the park on that day and the kind of talent specifically up forward. And then on the stat sheet, Sam Mitchell has a goal. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Off Campbell the, Brown has a goal. Off the left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, basically. Not Campbell, but... No, not Campbell now, Sammy, Sammy Mitchell. But that was basically the end of the game. And Oh, Ladson ended the game. Well, that's that was, true. That was brilliant. And the celebration. How, how good's the celebration? Yeah. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have some more questions to get to. This one from Mark. Have you heard of Will Lorenz? 
2023 draft prospect who is the grandson of Hawks legend Graham Arthur. Should there be a grandfather, grandson, granddaughter rule? Uh, although we'll probably just pick him up anyway like we did with Will Day. Is there a granddaughter rule? I don't I'm think there totally is. totally ignorant on this. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think there is, actually. Uh, but if, if you need to know about Will Lorenz, I couldn't bring up too much about him. This is from afl.com.au. Uh, regarding the NAB AFL Futures game, Will Lorenz also had many exciting moments throughout the contest with the silky midfielder having 24 touches, kicking one goal two, including a classy finish in the second quarter. You know how we don't like pick up father-sons, mm-hmm. like hardly ever? Yep. What if we asked a couple of old stages to just adopt like the next pick one? What? <laughs> And then suddenly becomes father-son. I think that's what they call rorting the system. I don't care. (laughs) I don't imagine... Would there be fine print around that? I mean... Actually, Robbo would have a field day. (laughs) Then again, the amount of times Hawthorne's done something, then the AFL's like, Uh, uh, shit! uh, Damn it! hell, they got in again! (laughs) (laughs) So you might be onto something. We've got to innovate. We've got to force the AFL to to write new rules. That's how I've got to play things off the field. Or, which is kind of where I wanted to end up with this conversation, just start a father-son academy, please. Yes. Yeah. You've been hot on this for a number of years. Ah, it's like, it's staring you in the face. I mean, we've been such a successful club. Yeah. Wouldn't you want a father-son academy? Wouldn't you want that pedigree coming? Anyway. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me, too. This question from Doc. Where does Frost fit in next year? I like him at half-back as it frees up Sicily or Scrimshaw. But DGB, Blank, and Jekka probably need more games to develop. Does he start forward to partner Lewis at the expense of Cozzy as a new sub? Where, what, what do you see for Sam Frost? Oh, I think the sub will be given to a young player every day, every day of the week. Yeah, probably. Um, but... But Frost, look, he's, he's he is needed out there to keep a cool, calm head, Nick. Well, we need experience at this point. Yes, a cool, calm head. That's what I said. <laughs> that's what he's there for. Oh yeah, not the chaos ball that he the usually. The voice of experience. Yep, okay. that's the only reason he comes up in questions like this. Like mm. if he didn't have that moment where you have no idea and he has no idea and the <laughs> umpire has no idea where that ball's going. Yeah. But if he didn't have that. Hmm. We wouldn't have this question, would we? Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. We just look at him and we think, oh, look, he's not really cool, calm and collected. Blank looks more cool, calm and collected at most times. But his impact is incredible, Frost. Yeah, like no, he, that, I believe he, that People too. underrate him. Yeah, but no. his ability to blanket someone mm-hmm. and then make him look stupid when he runs away from them. He's still best 22 for mine. It's just a matter of where you play him. You know, He, he might move into more of a utility role. Moving forward, uh, you know, could could be in back pocket, half back. But then again, you know, does he move he can on to do, the wing? He can do most things. He can go on yeah. a bloke taller than him. He mm-hmm. can go on a bloke shorter and faster than him and do well. We saw that experiment with him in the forward line against Brisbane where he took that great mark. and Fantastic mark. If you do bump into him, just tell him how good that mark was. <laughs> Who have we got here? Views from the nosebleeds. Who supports Lewis uh, up forward as our starting centre-half forward? Cozzy, Jekka, Green, Frost... Any ideas? So, yeah, what happens with Green? Because obviously there's a role pick f- for him. Yeah. They've, that's why they got him. I mean, there are enormous shoes from Gunston that have been left behind. Can Green fill that role or...? 
Well, Green's excellent at being able to both create and manipulate space in the forward line. Mm-hmm. You see that at Box Hill. But whether he can do it at AFL, as you quite rightly say, another question. Yeah. He just doesn't seem to get in the way of the other forwards, which Gunston never did either. Mm-hmm. Probably because they respected him a huge amount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, um, well, the well, first gig probably goes to... Goes to Cozzy. Yeah, and it has can to go you, to can you Can you play Louis, Cozzy and Green in the same forward line? I think you can. I think there's a question also of what's happening with our ruck division. Are we playing two rucks on the day? Are we going with Reeves and Meek? Because I imagine Meek could be a good forward target. And Lynch became excess to requirements no, in that I'm little... Not. No, I, I'm just speculating that that's their one-two combo. Is Jekka staying back? Well, that's another big question. I mean, just trying to build this team is a nightmare because you have you no. Know, you know, Will Day's training with the midfield. Well, yeah, that was something that did come out of that Zoom meeting. Is that they've got him as a lock as a defender. My favourite part about that mm-hmm. is we know he can play back, so I'm going to train him for the midfield. No, that's it. That's exactly what I'm getting at. They know what they've got. He can go into defence. They're happy with what they've seen, and now we move on. They would like him to put on some weight, Nick. They would. They would. But it's time to upskill. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they really need to do more with that KFC activation, don't they? <laughs> They've been banging on, on about this for a while. We did more for KFC and Hawthorne <laughs> over that broadcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I think KFC will be okay. <laughs> oh, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, but you know, maybe you could go with something that that goes well with the KFC, like. Um, a free New Year gym membership, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Complimentary products. Yeah, there's actually a, a new gym membership, but it's for the Kennedy Center, so you won't get to use that for a while. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did say 2024. Now, is there is that all scuttlebutt that they took the um, they took the scarf off the deal for mm. the membership? Yeah. Right, and then they increased the cost of the membership. And mm. they give you a voucher for the scarf now as well. Yeah, I'm not, look. I've received my membership pack and everything in the email, and I need I still need to read that. But I did notice that when I renewed, that mine was significantly more expensive than it had been. Right. And you know, I'm not letting go of my gold membership, maybe ever. Without mm. say anytime soon, but I I always want it. Did um, you ever feel like you should be able to buy? A few years in advance, so you can lock in the price now. That wouldn't be too bad, actually. That's a that's a decent initiative. Yeah, and the money goes to the club, and they get to spend it. It's kind of like with our um our if Patreon, they... where you get a discount if you sign up for the year. Patreon.com yeah. slash talk Yeah, like if you want to be a decade supporting the horse. Yeah, you should get a discount for that. We've strayed from the question: Who supports Lewis up forward as starting centre forward? I, I think the rotation of the rucks has a lot to do with our personnel and whether we're playing two. Uh, I would say that Green is down there, and there is room for him. And the duo that we go for is still Lewis and Cozzy. But I, um, it's Cozzy's to lose at this point. He, he needs a big year. I would say that they will lean on putting the ruckman behind the ball. Okay. Rather than ahead of the ball. Okay. That's Tiz's tip. Uh, Tim asks, if you could prize a Geelong veteran away no. and pay back for Isaac Smith, who would you pick? A Geelong veteran. Yep. Is there anything other than... <laughs> Go on, name names. I don't remember. It's quite like them in their old age. Uh, Tom Hawkins, I reckon, would hurt uh, them the most. No. I don't want to No, see. it's not about what Hawthorne gains. It's about what Geelong loses. I don't want to watch him 
miss. <laughs> it's a dagger through the heart for them, and that's all I care about. No. No, no, no. Um, let me think. Mitch Duncan. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we also had another question from Doc here. The signing of Cal Brown, he's a good get for Box Hill. Just wanted to mention that. Keen to, keen to hear your thoughts. Uh, Tiz, I know that this is a guy that you're a bit more excited about than me, mostly because I don't know much about him. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate how he plays his game. I think he keeps his head over the ball very... He, 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 I don't know, there's something about him that I really liked. He never really hit his potential, though. I, I think he was denied opportunities at Collingwood. There's also a lot of pressure on him, being the son of Gavin Brown. And we're back to this selection conundrum with Scamasaurus. Pre-season positional moves are going to be interesting. Defence is stacked, but who leaves the comfort zone of defence? Jekka a forward, Sicily a midfielder or forward, Scrimshaw could be a midfielder, Day a midfielder, we've covered that, Bramble a midfielder, that might well happen, Frost a midfielder or forward. We have so many options. That I think that's almost a six or seven part question from Scamasaurus, and it's not his fault, it's just where Hawthorne finds themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, as we get into February, we'll start seeing where blokes are training mm-hmm. and what we're likely to lot would like that but what is clear is that Mitchell wants to be totally unpredictable to the opposition yeah well he's done that and he wants to rely on the footy smarts of the bloke in possession of the footy mm-hmm. to be able to hit whoever's available in that forward line at speed mm-hmm. and he wants to create and he wants to create the space in our forward line via speed from defence. But looking at this draft, if you look at how many midfielders we've picked up, why on earth would you be pushing some of these guys into the midfield? So mm-hmm. my thought that Sicily might be playing midfield if we need him, mm. if we've got Bokes coming through like this, no, he's playing forward. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I would sooner expect Sicily to float forward as a matter of just experimentation and, and doing something unpredictable. But he does have the ability to to influence the game. So it's all a huge experiment in mm-hmm. 2023. That's As it quite be. clear. As it should be. It's not about wins and losses for 2023. It's a year of development and seeing where we land uh, post-season. So, and then and charting a way forward for 2024, which at that point really should be you start to make your move for finals. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, this is laying the foundations and... Yeah, you know, there's a guy in that mix there. We named, you know, in Scamasaurus's question, there's a few guys that are mentioned as potential midfielders. What about Cooper Stevens? He's a guy that hasn't come up at all this podcast, and he was picked up to play in the midfield. Yeah, so you expect he's best 22. Stevens? Yeah. Could be, could be. Well, I mean, if you haven't got Amir, you haven't got Mitchell, if he's not best 22 round one, you'd be asking questions. Yeah, okay, well... He's a big... Big boy. Map out your midfield now. Who have you got? Who oh, you got wow. No, uh, well, I'll, do, I'll try it too. I'm not okay. just putting you on blast. No, nah, put, put me on the spot. No, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, who have we got? So Warple comes back in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Join you. Do you have any faith in Warple? That, well, I've, I've telegraphed my answer there, haven't well, I? Unfortunately. Well, I mean, have, it, have someone else telegraphed their thoughts there? Yeah, that's a that, fair question. That was my point. Yeah, we've got a, a pretty good, what, five-man insurance policy in case Warple doesn't work out. Mind you, he does love a workout. Stevens, Josh Ward? Yeah, Josh Ward. you got Wingard running through the midfield. He'll have to do that again next year, you'd expect. Yep. Sam Butler probably get a roll through the midfield. Connor oh, really? McDonald. 
Yeah. Connor McDonald, I'd hope, graduates. The Where's midfield. Josh Morris in all this? Half back, if he can bustle his way into that to that side, which is a big question mark. And of course, you've got Newcomb. I mean, it's not there's Nash. No... You didn't mention your boy Nash running through the midfield. No, no, I didn't. No, because as it stands, um, although he probably gets a start at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. I hope he's under pressure by the end. But well, he's ideal, just such yeah. a well-built fella against these yeah. lighter frames that he mm-hmm. probably will be there at the end of the season. Well, he offers but a... for him to come under pressure is fantastic for the club. He offers a significant point of difference. That helps. But, yeah, ideally he's one of the guys that is under pressure by the end and there's significant pressure for spots. But, but if he keeps improving as he has done the last two years, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, has, he has very good ability. This enigmatic Hawthorne midfield is going to be something to watch in 2023. Well, not only unpredictable to watch, but also unpredictable to the opposition. Yeah, fantastic. And highly skilled. This is what finals sides are made of. It's all that Mitchell's been building towards. That's all he's been talking about. You catch him talking oh, about it. focused. Every press conference he'll talk about, we're trying to build a brand for finals. Yeah, you know something that can. Not hold sure, I up. like the word brand. Well, I'm I'm paraphrasing. I'm not sure he uses that exact word. But I think he, he does. <laughs> there you go. But he cares about building a side that can match it with the best long term. Yep. All right, and to cap off our miscellaneous questions as we look to wrap up the show, we've had a few people asking us about Google Podcasts, mate. We thought we had it all figured out. It did look like we had, and then Google didn't play ball. To the extent that I created videos and, and social media stuff announcing that we'd fixed it, <laughs> we had not fixed it. Uh, so, But then we deleted what Google knew about us. So eventually, that little bot or whatever they run mm-hmm. should find our actual new feed. That is the hope. Because the problem is that we had the old feed and Google still maintained the old feed. And so we've deleted the information they had about the old feed. Now they should find the new feed. But just takes that bot a little while to get round to us. So, look, all this is to say, fingers crossed, we do finally, finally get it sorted. I do wonder how many listeners are craving this. I know that about 90% of our listenership are Apple people. Because we don't exist on Google Podcasts. <laughs> well, my point is that people are listening to it just fine. They can find us just fine. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Audible, YouTube if you like, uh, any podcast app if you're an Android user like myself. Or you um, can find the RSS feed itself and plug it into your Google Podcasts. That would work. Oh, that would work. Okay. Well, that's something. But look, we're here. We are working on it. We're as frustrated as you. It's been a long time in the making. We're still not entirely sure what's up with it and why we've encountered so many difficulties. But we are trying to get on Google Podcasts. So there's a bit of housekeeping. Time for a little bit more housekeeping as we get to the social media stuff. Uh, if you are, in fact, listening to our show via Apple Podcasts and you do have a minute to rate and review our show, we'd really appreciate that. Of course, it does make our day to read that stuff, but it also effectively recommends the show to other diehard hawkers too. And, uh, of course, we're building a wonderful community of Hawthorne fans over on Twitter, twitter.com slash hawktalkpod. Now is a great time to invite listeners over there because we're about to hit 4K. 4,000 followers on Twitter, mate. It's a lot of people, Nick. There's a lot of Hawthorne supporters, for sure. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Get on board. We'd love to have you there, as well as Instagram. And lastly, as always, a shout-out to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers who make it possible for us to put time into this podcast each and every week. 
your support is really, really appreciated. Now, if you're listening to this and want to sling us a bit of coin to support our show and get some bonus content in the process, hop on to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Now, I need to ask if you're registered. For? The AGM, mate. Yes, of course I am. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. I don't want to yep. get there and you're like, oh, I didn't know you had to Whoops. register. Whoops. <laughs> I'll see you at the pub. Yes, well, this is a bit of a PSA to our listeners as well. If you do want to attend, you're going to have to register. So you can't just rock up, basically. The, the club has laid down the law there. We've got to notify them that you're showing up and you'll need to have your member number. They'll cross-reference it. So did they do that the other years we were there? I think they did, didn't Yeah, they? when you walked in, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So that's Must the be situation. anticipating a crowd. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh, We've only been talking up the theatrics of it this year. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward Although to I attending. do believe that the candidates will find out the result before the evening. Yeah, you, you don't think it'll be like Australian Idol or something? No, I don't. Where they <laughs> dim the lights and then a little spotlight goes around the... Oh, around the nominees. I wish it were like that. No, you don't. That's that's terrible. These people are volunteers. You don't want to shame them. Or... <laughs> no, it's not about it's shaming them. Well, it's going to be terribly um, aggrieving if you're not returned. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the Hawthorne Arts Centre. Let's get it a little bit artistic. Let's make it theatrical. Ugh. Art Centre or Town Hall? I don't care. I know where it is. I turn up. Okay, well, I'll see you there. I'm very much looking forward to it. Now, last bit of housekeeping before we wrap up. We need you're not to pump... going to... You can't wreck the gift. You're not allowed to unwrap it. Can I just say it's our final episode of the year next week? It is, yeah. Okay, all right. That's all I want to say. It's got our season recap, the fallout from the AGM, a look at the fixture, which will hopefully be released. Well, let's face it, it's Boxing probably out day. by now. No, it'll be out Boxing Day. <laughs> when the test happens. Yes. <laughs> the AFL's got form now. Or, or up against Santa. <laughs> just ticking off all the big moments. I mean, it's just so pathetic. It was very petty. But also quite odd. Like, guys, um, world event. Like, know your place? I just thought it was more detrimental to them because there's just less eyes on it. Yeah. But, well, I know everyone heard about it, but it's just like, oh, okay, Essendon, big deal. I, well, I just, it wouldn't have mattered who it was. Yeah. At, at that point in time when the World Cup's on. What? Do you know what thought came to me? Hmm. Oh, they can work it out four months ahead for round one. <laughs> but they can't tell me five weeks out who I'll, I'll need, where I'll need to be to watch Hawthorne. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was me. The little guy inside me went, you know, uh, <laughs> just, you little, that's ridiculous. <laughs> How many bloody weeks out? You tell me about round one, can't tell me mid-season where I need to be. Anyway, the point is, uh, we'll have a look at that fixture on our last episode of the year. And seeing it as we're in the Christmas spirit, as you say, Tiz, there might be a little bit of a gift. So let me ask you, Nick. Were you made to wait until Christmas morning before you were allowed to open your gifts? Or could you open one the night before, whichever one you chose? No, it's going to be Christmas morning. Yeah, that's it? That's it. Okay, so we're holding over the pod until Christmas morning? Because this is a gift. (laughs) Yeah, we've got something exciting in store, but no, no, next week we'll release our final podcast for the year. And what a year it's been. It's going to be good to reflect on... Can we pick up the gift and shake it, try to work out what it is for the listeners? I don't think you'd appreciate that, frankly. (laughs) Oh, no, I've ruined it. It's a guest. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it will be a bit of fun, and we're quite excited, as you can probably tell. Indeed. You're not going to want to miss our final episode of the year. This has been another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. We will catch you next week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.